the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. This was the big one. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. It was indeed the big one. And the big dig continues today for Buffalo and Western New York after the record-setting wallop that was the blizzard of 22. The greatest blizzard we've ever seen. Erie County Executive Mark Polingcars. The blizzard conditions, of course, are gone. But we're going to be responding in some ways to this blizzard for still a number of days as they continue to open up the city of Buffalo. That opening is happening, but too slowly for many. I just feel bad for the families that's out here that still don't have no lights and no food. And we still don't have no plows down our street for us to even get out. A Buffalo driving ban remains in place. Crews and equipment from all over the state, even as far away as Alabama, are converging on Buffalo to help restore power and unearth the Queen City from more than four feet of snow and wind-whipped snowdrifts. The National Guard's been deployed as well. Matthew Waldman is part of that crew. He tells WIVB. There's a lot of stranded cars, a lot of stranded trucks, a couple of trees on the buildings, uh, lots of buildings completely covered in snow. Natural disasters inevitably bring out the best and the worst in people. Looting has been a success significant problem in Buffalo. Several stores ransacked from chains such as Family Dollar to mom and pop stores. This isn't people stealing food and medicine and diapers. They are destroying stores. They're stealing televisions, couches, uh, whatever else they can get their hands on. They're opportunists. They're taking advantage. But stories of heroism also abound, many of which may never be publicly heard. One such story, though, involves Buffalo resident Shakira Autry, whose life-saving act of kindness was taking in a complete stranger who was wandering by her house outside in danger of perishing in the blizzard. She tells WGRZ. I heard, help, help. You know, the snow and him just like, the, the winds just sweeping him away. I seen his body and then I didn't see his body. And I just can tell that he was like stumbling, was falling. Turned out the man, a group home resident, had been trying to make his way to his job at a nearby theater. He's now hospitalized for treatment of frostbite. More than 30 people lost their lives in this blizzard. Officials say more fatalities may yet be undiscovered as cleanup operations continue. That tops the death toll of the infamous blizzard of 77. Progress includes resumption of limited mass transit in Buffalo, yesterday's reopening of the New York State Thruway, and today's reopening of Buffalo Niagara International Airport. But even snow-free airports have seen plenty of trouble, with flight cancellations numbering in the thousands again today. Southwestern Airlines particularly troubled. It's just unacceptable. Everybody knows that during the holidays there's going to be some delays. People have been getting from point A to point B any way they can. We tried to get a train and the train was booked and then we tried to get a Greyhound bus and that was booked so we've got a rental car. Southwest CEO Bob Jordan. I want everyone who is dealing with the problems we've been facing whether you haven't been able to get to where you need to go or you're one of our heroic employees caught up in a massive effort to stabilize the airline uh, to know is that we're doing everything we can to return to a normal operation. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says he intends to hold Southwest accountable. We've got uh, uh, passengers who can't get a hold of customer service. It's an unacceptable situation. This has clearly crossed the line from what's an uncontrollable weather situation to something that is the airline's direct responsibility. Now to the battle over the border. The Supreme Court has given the law known as Title 42 new life, at least until February. It makes expulsion of illegal immigrants much easier for state and federal authorities along the U.S. southern border. I'm really disappointed. That's immigrant advocate Dylan Corbett. It means a lot of uncertainty because Title 42 uh, isn't uh, a solution to what's happening at the border. People who need asylum now um, are often cases 
sent back to, to cities uh, in northern Mexico that aren't safe. But Texas Republican Congressman Tony Gonzalez tells Fox. It's not perfect, but it is at least a Band-Aid uh, that, that needs to go forward. Now, now, now we look at House Republicans having the majority. And what does a win in the majority look like? I think part of that is making sure that the administration is held accountable and also finding ways for solutions. And Florida Congressman-elect Corey Mills says meaningful change just can't wait any longer. Every single state has become a border state. This is not just a border issue. This is an American issue. And until we address this and secure our borders and start looking at proper immigration reform, which is needed in this uh, 118th Congress, we are not going to stop this problem in this hemorrhage. Elsewhere this day, the clock is ticking for TikTok as a ban on the Chinese-made app from federal devices is about to kick in. Everyone who works in the House of Representatives was warned Tuesday to delete the video-sharing app TikTok from their official devices. The move comes ahead of a law that will ban the app from all U.S. government devices. Several states, cities, and universities have recently cracked down on TikTok over fears that users' data could fall into the hands of the Chinese government. CBS's Courtney Keeley. COVID concerns ratcheting up again abroad and on the home front. Japan has just recorded its highest ever count of COVID deaths in a single day and is approaching its record high of new cases. It announced yesterday it would require COVID-19 tests from all visitors from China as that country experiences a surge. The U.S. is also reportedly weighing new measures for travelers from China. Health experts here expect a surge in post-holiday cases regardless. CBS's Cammie McCormick. Good news for would-be buyers, bad news for sellers. Home prices are slipping fourth straight month. The S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller Index shows a half percent decline for October as high mortgage rates slowed the rise in prices. Still, the index posted an annual gain of 9.2 percent. Miami, Tampa, and Charlotte reported the biggest year-over-year home price increases on the 20-city list. I'm Mark Mayfield. The first fleet of next-gen Starlink satellites lifting off this morning from Cape Canaveral Space Force Station in Florida. SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket carrying those satellites in orbit. The private space company says the launch, the last of the year, marks the first of Starlink's upgraded network. Well, we all have our Christmas traditions, including a Virginia woman who's nuts about nutcrackers. Yvonne Worth owns more than a thousand of the figurines, most of them tiny, some though taller than she is. She's been collecting them since the 1990s, some date back to the 30s. It takes her two full days just to line them all up around the house. Says Yvonne, my mom and dad bought me two, and then it just kind of went from there. This year alone, she received 15 more nutcrackers as gifts and says those that are gifted to her are the most special to her. Still to come on the Noon Report, SUNY's new chancellor on the future of New York's public universities, satanic graffiti, Mars of Pennsylvania Church, and a look at new laws on the books in the Keystone State. Well, good afternoon. I'm Kevin Williams. We are about to see a change in the weather pattern as we close out the year with milder conditions on the way. Forecast to Towsie coming up. We'll see you in 10. I like that word mild. Thank you very much, Kevin Williams. Now, checking the stories, making news where you live in New York and Pennsylvania. The new chancellor of the State University of New York System says an early priority in his new work is to better connect each SUNY campus with its community. John B. King says the colleges and universities can be a key driver in local economic development. We've got a, a great opportunity to prepare students for great jobs in uh, the semiconductor industry as Micron comes to the Syracuse region to prepare young people for jobs in nanotech in New Albany. King says healthcare education is a key field for many schools in the system because of the great need throughout the 
State. Family Life asked Dr. King about the climate on today's campuses. Can students from across a wide political spectrum find a home on a SUNY campus? We've got to make sure that students are exposed to diverse ideas. We've got to make sure that we're preparing students for a diverse society. Their ability to think critically, to uh, evaluate evidence and arguments, their ability to listen to folks who have different views from their own and to hear them out and to look for areas of common ground. All of that is critical to preparing students for success in civic life. King starts his work at SUNY in January at a salary that tops $700,000 a year. Rochester Mayor Malik Evans says a new partnership between the Regional Transit Service and Center for Employment Opportunities will help make sure bus stops are clear of snow during the winter. The program will pay people who were recently released from prison to shovel out the dozens of bus stops around the city. Evans says he's received a lot of complaints from people who've had to stand in snowbanks waiting for the bus to arrive. Money for the initiative coming from the city's Office of Violence prevention. Wegmans Food Mark is voluntarily recalling a group of products over possible salmonella contamination. Several products containing microgreens are part of the recall, including Wegmans Organic Baby Kale and Baby Spinach and Wegmans Cat Grass. The grocer said some of the soil the products were grown in tested positive for salmonella. Those products sold in New York, PA, and other states. People are ret- encouraged to return affected products to stores for a full refund. Newly elected New York Congressman George Santos says he'll continue to ignore calls for him to step down despite being caught lying on his resume that he successfully campaigned on. He tells Fox News, I think we can all look at ourselves in the mirror and admit that once in our life we made a mistake. I'm having to admit this in national television for the whole country to see, and I have the courage to do so because I believe that in order to move past this and move forward and be an effective member of Congress, I have to face my mistakes, and I'm facing them. Santos scheduled to be sworn into Congress next week along with the rest of the freshman class. A Finger Lakes power company making progress to install screens on uptake valves in Seneca Lake. Greenwich announced that the wire wedge screens were recently lowered into Seneca Lake to be installed in the plant's water intake system. Brett Bills with 18 News. The New York State Department of Conservation approved the installation in late December followed by the federal approval in early October. The environmental group Seneca Lake Guardians raised concerns about marine life in the lake getting drawn into Greenwich access pipes. A disturbing story out of Scranton. There's some very troubled people out there, and I guess they need our prayers too. The number 666, a biblical reference to the mark of the beast in Revelation, were carved into three doors of St. Peter's Cathedral. On Christmas Day, Scranton resident Joe Donahue tells WNEP. It's such a beautiful and wonderful time of year. And to have that kind of thing happen is just very upsetting. The Catholic Church said the vandalism saddens them greatly as the cathedral has been used countless times to bring people closer to God. The extreme temps have been making conditions more challenging for firefighters throughout Pennsylvania. Shemokin Fire Chief Lester Yo. Icy boots and metal ladders don't tend to go together. Putting people on roofs to ventilate, especially on Petru, very slippery conditions, so our, our fall issue is a, a major concern of ours. Assistant Shemokin Fire Chief Ken Pickus recalls other blazes causing injury to himself and others. We had another working fire in the south end of town with entrapment, and our fire chief actually slipped and fell and broke his leg. Yet Shemokin Fire Chief Stephen Jeffrey tells WNEP. I can't tell you how many times that we've gone to houses and they're like, well, I am so sorry for calling the fire department out here. And my answer to them is, if you're not sure, call us. We're not going to tell you no. We're going to get somebody out there. We're going to look and see what's going on and make sure you're safe. Pennsylvania's student financial aid agency is ending the year with 724 fewer employees than it had at the start of 2022 and a greater focus on helping the state's students access post-secondary education. 
Some of the reduction in the size of the Pennsylvania Higher Education Assistance Agency's workforce was the result of attrition, but many of its workers saw their positions eliminated as a result of FIA's decision to end its federal student loan servicing contract with the federal government. A spokesman says some 327 of FIA's displaced employees landed jobs at other loan servicers, and 107 are in the process of applying for positions. Another 66 took jobs elsewhere in state government. Terry Diener, Family Life News. Thanks, Terry. Rent prices have dropped this year in PA after two years of steady increases. New report shows prices are starting to decline. Keystone State's average rent has reached $985. That includes a 17% uptick this year, followed by a 3% drop since the summer. January 1st brings... 66 new laws to the books in Pennsylvania. One of the most wide-reaching of the new state laws is designed to bring in a lot of the $100 million in uncollected turnpike tolls. Starting in January, the Pennsylvania Turnpike Commission can place a hold on vehicle registration renewals for car owners who owe more than $250. That applies to thousands of drivers who will then have six weeks to settle up their unpaid bills. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. Thank you much, Greg. And Altoona-based convenience store chain ranked in the top 100 of Forbes' list of America's largest private companies. Forbes have been tracking America's largest private companies since 1985. They say that this year's list with 246 entrants is the largest since 2008 when the cutoff to qualify was a billion dollars in sales. In Pennsylvania, there were 11 companies on that list and ranked at number 39, Sheets, with $11.7 billion in sales. And PennDOT has told a town of 2,000 people in Northumberland County they have to take down a welcome sign, which has stood there for over 80 years. Years. State officials wrote to Lewis Township leaders in October saying their gateway sign is in the legal right-of-way of State Route 14. Officials with PennDOT say they're concerned the sign and landscape distracting and disrupting the view of the roadway for drivers. Well, that brings us to a check of sports. Here's Randy. <laughs> Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Mark, it was a game for the ages by Dallas Mavericks' Luka Doncic last night. He had a triple-double, but this was no ordinary triple-double. He had 10 assists, okay. 21 rebounds, that's impressive. A franchise record, 60 points. And Doncic also intentionally missed a free throw at the end of the game, grabbed the rebound, and tossed up a prayer all in the same motion. And the ball went in to tie the game and send it into overtime, which the Mavericks won. They beat the Knicks 126-121. Doncic's never going to forget this game. Joel Embiid had an impressive game of his own, scoring 48 points and grabbing 10 rebounds, but his team lost. Philadelphia's eight-game winning streak has come to an end. They fell to the Wizards 116-111. Other winners on the hardwood were the Lakers, Celtics, Pacers, Clippers, Suns, Thunder, Warriors, and Nuggets. On the ice, the Blue Shirts couldn't get anything past Darcy Quimper as Washington shut out the Rangers for zip. Matthew Barzal scored twice. The Islanders took down the Penguins 5-1. Also skating to victory, Carolina, Ottawa, Dallas, Toronto, Minnesota, Arizona, Edmonton, Vancouver, and L.A. In baseball, the Texas Rangers have signed pitcher Nate Evaldi to a two-year contract. He now joins Jacob DeGrom and Andrew Haney as new starters in the Rangers rotation. And the Pittsburgh Pirates have signed Rich Hill to a one-year contract. Contract. 
the lefty who turns 43 in March will be the oldest player in Major League Baseball. That is a look at sports. All right, thank you very much, Randy. Still to come on the Noon Report, an update on Buffalo's blizzard recovery, the latest on the battle over border policy, and a waitress gets a very pleasant Christmas Day surprise. This week on Breakpoint, we're looking back at some of the most important commentaries of 2022. Hi, this is John Stone Street, host of Breakpoint. Our goal with each and every Breakpoint commentary is to help you think about life and culture from a Christian worldview and live accordingly. Please join us in this work and help others live like Christians in these challenging times. Just go to colsoncenter.org slash December. That's colsoncenter.org slash December to make a gift. Here's Breakpoint. Our culture has long struggled with the realities of sexual difference or gender. While first and second wave feminism generally asserted that women were equal in value to men, transgenderism now asserts that women are interchangeable with men. The church should be able to offer clarity. Christians must insist that men and women are real. We must also insist that fact doesn't compel a competition. There is no hierarchy of human dignity. Unfortunately, Christians over the centuries have made some big mistakes in this area. At times, the roles that men and women fill have been prioritized over the goodness of their God-given design. More often, roles have been conflated with design. For example, Christians have generally understood that the Bible does not permit women to pastor churches. Some have taken that further to suggest that women must lack the intellectual capacity or curiosity to study the Bible and learn theology. That's demonstrably false. Another mistake some Christians make may be in response to modern feminism or critical theory, which suggests that when women contribute something positive to society, a scientific breakthrough or an impressive career, It's because of their inherent superiority to men. Conversely, when women contribute something negative, they commit a crime or mistreat others, the fault is the patriarchal systems that oppress them. That way of thinking robs women of moral agency. In response, some Christians talk about the moral imperative for women to bear responsibility for what they wrongly consider to be exclusively female sins, things like immodesty or even abortion. But Christians ought not react to the rejection, erasing, or confusing of gender by merely retreating to roles. We must begin where the Bible does, with design. Both men and women were made by God and His image. How we live out our calling to fill and cultivate the creation will be marked, in both physical and non-physical ways, by our maleness or femaleness. At the same time, women who serve as wives and mothers are neither contributing more nor less than women who aren't in those roles. In other words, the primary calling of men and women is to glorify God. How we do that in particular times and places and in particular seasons of our life will differ. Too often, while the church's ministry to men is about cultivating admirable Christian virtues, such as bravery and courage, much of the church's ministry to women is about how to be feminine. This is, of course, a generalization. But we ought not leave the impression that Christian women are not also called to be brave and courageous or well-studied and theologically grounded. And Christian men are also called to be gentle, meek, and slow to speak. When Jesus said that in order to be his disciples, we must take up our crosses and follow him, he was speaking to both men and women. Therefore, we should expect women to take responsibility for their sins as much as we do men. We should expect profound contributions to the kingdom of God from women as women, as much as we do from men. 
In a culture so lost on gender, even suggesting that women don't exist, Christians must stubbornly ground ourselves in God's good created design. If we can get this right, we'll have much to offer our confused age. For the Colson Center, I'm Maria Baer. This is Breakpoint. All right, now let's check in with meteorologist Kevin Williams. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. A shift in the jet stream will mean a major change in our weather in the days ahead as we close out the old year and bring in the new. We do so with a milder pattern, one that will be devoid of any major winter weather, which certainly for those in Buffalo will be a most welcome change. The call for this afternoon, clouds breaking for some sun in places, high temps approaching 40, partly cloudy tonight, the low in the mid-20s to low 30s. Tomorrow, some sun and clouding up in western New York and western Pennsylvania, mild. A high tomorrow reaching into the 40s. It'll be cloudy and mild on Friday with a bit of rain. High temperatures on Friday, not far from 50 degrees. Uh, thank you, Kevin. I like that temperature trend. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. I'm Mark Webster. Thank you again for joining us. Recapping some top stories for you. A monstrous winter storm that's buried parts of the U.S. since last week, now blamed for more than 60 deaths, and more than half of those occurred in western New York, where crews are pouring in from as far away as Alabama to help Buffalo dig itself out for more than four feet of snow. It is ugly right now on many of the streets. Erie County Executive Mark Poling cars. A driving ban remains in place in Buffalo, though there is once again limited mass transportation service and the Buffalo-Niagara International Airport opening for business again last hour. Folks there and at airports across the country scrambling to get back home following a hectic holiday weekend. FlightAware reports nearly 2,800 flights have been canceled nationwide today, another 1,100 delayed. Southwest has been responsible for the vast majority of the cancellations due to the lingering impacts of bad weather and and operational issues. To get an email while we're on the train that the flight had been canceled. I mean, the flight's been two hours. I've been waiting for five days, and now we're not going anywhere. A lot of frustrated passengers. Southwest CEO Bob Jordan says the carrier took the worst hit partially because weather impacted major hubs in Chicago and Denver, but Southwest pilot and flight attendant unions say outdated scheduling software is also to blame. Clearly, we need to double down on our already existing plans to upgrade systems. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg says Southwest handling of the situation is going to get a thorough review. Well, they need to take care of their passengers and they need to take care of their employees. Look, everybody understands that there is extreme weather across the country, but where most airlines saw their performance start to improve, Southwest has actually moved in the other direction. Now to the border war. Republicans claiming a victory in their fight to keep in place the Trump-era public health rule known as Title 42, used to expedite deportations at the border. Supreme Court voting 5-4 Tuesday to keep it in place at least through February. San Diego-based immigration attorney Esther Valdez-Clayton says there needs to be a resolution. Either we want an economic solution to immigration or we want to fix our broken asylum laws. And both can happen and remain compassionate and humanitarian. Texas Republican Congressman Tony Gonzalez tells Fox News even Democrats are now realizing something needs to be done to reverse the Biden administration's open border policy. The administration is under incredible amounts of pressure, not only from Republicans now, it's also from Democrats, House Democrats, as well as those in the Senate, also local Democrats. The city of El Paso is predominantly a Democrat city, and here you have them declaring an emergency. Title 42 again expected to remain in place at least into February. Gas prices up slightly. 
AAA reports the national average for regular at three cents higher than Tuesday at 3.13 a gallon. That's still 41 cents lower than it was a month ago. And you just never know what the day might bring. Just ask this Wisconsin waitress who was working Christmas Day at a place called Gus's Diner. Kelly Blue says she got to chatting with one of the few customers in the place that day. It was really sweet. Just chatted with me, got some new things. And before you left, she took me $1,000. Not bad. That customer turned out to be president and CEO of the local boys club who was looking for people in need for the club's Pay It Forward campaign. You're listening to the Noon Report on Family Life. Your world, your challenges, your faith. When faith within engages the world without, there's power. It's living life from the inside out. I'm Martha Manikas Foster, and my guest is Jack Countryman, author of 35 books. His newest devotional book is titled The Power of Hope. You know, hope is mentioned in the Bible 190 times. Mm -hmm. And I chose 56 characters or people where God talks to them about the hope they need in their life and trusting Him. Mm -hmm. In fact, I have a, a verse that I use and stand on. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Mm. And I claim that verse for myself. That is so comforting. As you were saying, Jack, the power of hope encourages readers by recounting how God has stuck by His people throughout history. Why does remembering what God has done in the past, or learning about it for the first time, help us today? Well, the Bible is filled with wisdom for us, and we need to stand on that wisdom. If we believe the Bible, we will certainly stand on it and let it fill us with His Spirit, and let us be encouraged by what the Word has to say for us. You know, I constantly use the Bible to bring me encouragement, to bring me wisdom. And Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Those are powerful words. And if we believe in the Lord, if we trust Him, and we turn our lives over to Him, we need to take these words that are in Scripture and hide them in our heart. And there's an acknowledgement that there will be times when we will be anxious or at least be tempted toward anxiety. Oh, absolutely. You know, we're all human. Right. And we all have human emotions. And therefore, as we find ourselves going through difficult times, we need to turn to the Lord first. Not last, uh -huh. but first. Yes. And let him encourage us. Yes, and because when we look to Scripture, we see that other people were in difficult situations and God was by them, we can surmise we can have the hope that he isn't going to act differently now, right? Right, and that's why I chose all these people in the Bible to share their difficulties, to share their lives, so that we could see how God blessed them. And if God blessed them, he will also bless us. Because he is unchanging and he is faithful. Amen. So, Jack, it happens to be that before you joined Thomas Nelson, I was a book editor at Zondervan, and I eventually 
headed up the imprint of devotional books. So I'm not unfamiliar with the benefits of daily devotional reading, but because you've committed your career to this, I'm wondering if you could talk to me a little bit about why you think devotional book reading is helpful for Christians' growth as disciples. Well, I believe God wants to hear from us. As we share our thoughts and our hopes, He wants to bless us and comfort us. The more you come to God, the more He will come to you. Mm. You know, God is standing there waiting for us to come to Him because He loves us. He gave His Son for us, and He wants to bless us so we can bless others. Mm -hmm. So I just believe that it is so important for us to get the Word of God into our hearts and minds. I wrote thoughts and words to encourage people to come to the Lord and bear their soul to Him so He can love them and encourage them and help them be all that they've been called to be. I think that a misreading of Scripture can sometimes be that it's a to-do list. Okay, I'm not supposed to be anxious, so I better put on a hopeful face, right? But one of the things you say, and it's in Devotion 99, you talk about how the behaviors, in a sense, that the Scripture calls us to, that Jesus calls us to, it's all the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit working in us that produces that lack of anxiety or lack of, of, of worry. Well, you know... <laughs> The Lord is in us through the Holy Spirit. He's there to guide us, to give us wisdom, to encourage us, to be our friend. And He wants us to love on Him as He loves on us. So it is very much important that we understand exactly what God has in mind for us to do Mm -hmm. and how He wants to give us hope because Without hope, the people will perish. Mm. With hope, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Mm -hmm. So these are words that are found in the Bible and should be an encouragement for each and every one that chooses to spend their time in learning more about what God has to say about hope. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. Are there any other words of encouragement you have for the people listening in today? When you discover all the people in the Bible that uh, God has chose to bless, you cannot help but be encouraged. Take Paul, for instance. He persecuted the church, but Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and changed his life. I chose that because God can change your life if you just give him a chance. My guest has been author Jack Countryman. You can connect with him on Facebook at J Countryman Books or learn about the book at thomasnelson.com. I'm Martha Manikas Foster with Inside Out on Family Life. You can listen to all of our Noonday features online anytime at familylife.org. Just ahead, a story that will bring a whole new meaning to toilet bowl ring. We know you're flush with anticipation. 
Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. A shift in the jet stream will mean a major change in our weather in the days ahead as we close out the old year and bring in the new. We do so with a milder pattern, one that'll be devoid of any major winter weather, which certainly for those in Buffalo will be a most welcome change. The call for this afternoon, clouds breaking for some sun in places, high temps approaching 40, partly cloudy tonight, the low in the mid-20s to low 30s. Tomorrow, some sun and clouding up in western New York and western Pennsylvania, mild. A high tomorrow reaching into the 40s. It'll be cloudy and mild on Friday with a bit of rain. High temperatures on Friday, not far from 50 degrees. Oh, bring on the warm-up, please, Kevin. Thank you very much. Finally at noon, a Florida couple now has a very happy and very unexpected Christmas memory. It all started 21 years ago when Nick Day's wife, Shana, had to give him some bad news. She came to me one day and said, I think I lost my ring. Now it's gone. I think I may have flushed it down the toilet on accident. Shana Day says she tried desperate measures to get that ring back. I climbed down into the septic tank so we could pump it, every bit of it, through a strainer to try to find it. No luck. Eesh. Fast forward to a recent visit by a plumber who came to replace that toilet, and well, guess what he found stuck in there all that time? Something that brought Mrs. Day to happy tears. That was kind of an ugly cry. I sat there and I was like, this is my ring. This is my ring. As you can imagine, the days are just tickled pink at the unexpected reappearance of her long-lost ring. And if ever there was a need for a good jewelry cleaner, this is undoubtedly it. That's the world we live in for Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. As always, we thank you very very much for listening. I'm Mark Webster, Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report, heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.